Portions of this program may be pre recorded. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send your questions to Facebook or Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That's at SWAT Radio Talk, and we will try to answer those questions um, the next time that we are in the studio. So today is Monday, and it was an eventful weekend. Uh, a lot of things to talk about. More violence in the streets. Uh, that seems to be coming. Uh, seems to be becoming a mainstay uh, around the country, which is pretty sad. Well, the sad part is we're not just talking about violence. Murder. We're talking about violence against police officers, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if you saw the video of the the, uh, two police officers sitting in their car, 7 uh, p.m., I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, a guy runs up in the video and shoots them both. Did you see the video of the bystanders? And they were kind of laughing. It's like, oh, they got them. They got them. Well, they hit them. They well, clapped. what was even worse was you had people protesting at the hospital mm, saying yeah. they hope they die and that, and blocking the entrance to where the ambulance comes in and saying that, you know, that's what's going to happen to all the cops. And then a, a city official in uh, L.A. said, uh, you know, the chickens come home to roost as if, you know, that's something that's, you know, deserved for protecting the city. Yeah, I mean, so uh, and then that the you got the wildfires out in uh, in in Oregon mm-hmm. and California. People are dying. They're saying it could be a mass casualty event mm-hmm. out out there in Oregon. And then there's reports that some of those, at least part of it, has been started by Antifa and uh, you know mayhem seekers like them. So that's that's pretty well. A hundred wildfires yeah. out west right now. And I, I saw some pictures, you know, of um, of of the different fires. And as I was looking at it, I was just thinking about, I mean, how you just see all these fires in the background, you know. And I've been asked a couple of times, do you think this is God's judgment on them? Do you think this is, you know, and immediately people go, no, our God's a loving God. He wouldn't do that, you know. He would not bring that kind of stuff on people. But uh, have you read the Bible? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He would do those things yeah. if 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 he continually hands his hand out to you, offering you peace, asking you to come back to him, to repent for disregarding him. Um, think about think about who's leading these places where this stuff is going on and think about some of the things they they're doing out there. I don't know if, if you saw Taylor, but out in California, uh, uh, they just passed a new bill, um, out in California, uh, about basically it, it, 
it's um, saying that, you know, some people are saying that it's going to normalize pedophilia. I mean, it's mm-hmm. lessening, basically. They're saying it eliminates uh, sex offender list inequity toward people that commit offenses with young people. Um, but, I mean, this this bill was basically just introduced, and it would exempt from mandatory registration as a sex offender any person convicted of offenses involving minors if the person's not more than 10 years older than the minor. And if that offense is the only one requiring the person to register. So let's say that you've got a 20-year-old. Or let's say it's a 25-year-old and it's a 15-year-old. He doesn't have to register. So there's no bottom to that? So it could be an 18-year-old and an 8-year-old? It could be. That's the problem. Uh, that that uh, It gives discretion to a judge to determine whether the legal adult must register or not. And so they're saying it would end blatant discrimination against young LGBT people who are engaged in consensual activity. That's the purpose. He says that the existing laws that punish adults who have sex with kids amounts to homophobia. (laughs) Homophobia. So all that's to say is when you have leaders that are supposed to represent order Mm -hmm. and they start blessing chaos, it creates problems. But then on the other hand, you've got the same government who is telling John MacArthur and mm-hmm. Grace Community Church, you can't meet. They just were told on Wednesday of last week by a, a court out there, You, it, it had been in and court, out of court. They continued to appeal, and they were told that they could not meet. Well, guess what? On Sunday, he met. Yeah. And it was interesting because at the beginning of the program, uh, not the program, the beginning of the service, I mean, he said this. By the way, if you're just tuning in, this is SWAT radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And during the first segment, we take things going on in our culture and we try to look at it through a biblical lens and biblical worldview. Grace Community Church has been embroiled right now in a battle out there because they allow casinos to open up on the inside and people to congregate there. They allow liquor stores to go out and congregate, but they tell churches they can't. They can meet, but only on the outside, and they have to meet certain conditions. And by the way, he read the conditions that they were mandated. If they met, this is what they have to do. One, no indoor meetings, period. Even though casinos can meet, churches can't. Two, pre-registration of every person that steps onto the church property. Three, People only allowed on church property for scheduled events. In other words, let's say you need prayer. Let's say you have a need. You can't just show up there. Four, every person on the property has to be screened and their temperature taken before entry. Five, six feet of social distance at all times everywhere. They've got 7,000 people Mm. that are members of that church. Can you imagine how far they would have to spread out to do that? Uh, Every other parking space has to be vacant. What? Yes. 
like that's going to solve the issue, right? Marked pathways to maintain social distance. Everybody mandated to wear a mask at all times. Restroom monitors to make sure there's social distancing in the restroom. Tape on the ground marking the distance with monitors from the staff to make sure people are honoring it. Signs on the ground outlining these guidelines. No hymn books, no communion, no singing, no offering containers, no pew Bibles, no shaking hands, and no hugging. And in between services, they have to have disposable seat covers that are changed in between the services underneath the tent that they put or are allowed to put up. And he simply said, no, we're not going to do that. You've got this same government that's saying it's okay uh, to and lessening pedophilia, almost endorsing it. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, we're not going to we're not going to honor that because the government is not doing what they were uh, supposed to do. They were put in place to maintain order, not chaos. And they are uh, overreaching in what they're doing here. And we're, we're not going to we're not going to do it. And so they didn't. So they met. He preached. We, I listened to the service. It was an awesome message about the government and the roles of the government and what happens when those rulers decide they are not honoring God. And one of the things that was interesting about, he said, about uh, uh, the presidential candidate uh, of the Democratic Party is that he was speaking to a group of people and pledged to have Muslims in his cabinet. Mm -hmm. He pledged to have people who are Muslim in the cabinet. I'm sorry. I don't like that. I don't like that at all because they worship a false God. And throughout history, God's people, we want, if we have any say, we want a person that wants to honor God. Do you know in the United States uh, prior, I don't know exactly when the year it changed was, maybe the 1900s, but you had to be a professing believer to even hold office. You couldn't run for office if you weren't a member in good standing of a Christian church and had a professing witness of for jesus christ Mm. and and he's just went through scripture after scripture of what happens when leaders ignore or reject god Mm. and uh it was scary because it talked about judgment so when people ask me about the fires and they ask me about the chaos we are getting what we have sown in this country for a long time yeah by allowing this to happen and And, you know, we can pray, uh, and we need to pray, uh, but we also need the people who speak truth. Mm -hmm. Speak it in love, but we speak truth. And let people make no mistake who our God is, the one true living God that we represent and we serve. And as much as we have influence, we need to be speaking as witnesses of the one true living God. Yeah. Yeah, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. We'll continue talking about this. Uh, we would like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. And there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. That is Chainbreaker by Zach Williams. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we were talking a little bit um, right before the break about uh, some of the news that uh, was going on this past weekend, um, and particularly talking about John MacArthur and uh, the really the, the persecution that his church is facing from uh, the local government and their stand to... Um, not abide by that and, and instead abide by the law of God and meet together. Um, so that is what we've been talking about. Well, and, and here's the thing too, Taylor, that it's not just his church. Mm, it yeah. is us because mm-hmm. we are with them. Yeah, true. We, we are, yeah. we are family in the same way that Paul hurt when the church in the Jerusalem hurt. And he tried to share that message with people when our brothers are, are being, persecuted or being you know being taken advantage of or whatever whether they're in iran or wherever they are and it comes to our attention we should not only pray for them uh but we should intercede for them Mm. and you know he read from two psalms and i want to read them and i know they're long and i 
we're getting into Hebrews. We're going to review it this week. And so I'm I'm fine with us uh, taking this segment. I want to read this psalm. I want you to think about what's going on in our country right now. And I want you to think about who's in charge. Like I'm talking about the leaders that are in these states and the people that are leading, wherever they're leading. Do we have godly leaders? Do we have people that honor God? And if not, and we haven't for a while in a lot of these places, people Mm -hmm. who are celebrating sin, Mm -hmm. legislating protection of sin. Listen to what the psalmist says. Oh, God, do not keep silent in Psalm 83. Oh, God, do not keep silence. Do not hold your peace or be still, oh, God. For behold, your enemies make an uproar. Those who hate you have raised their heads. They lay crafty plans against your people. They consult together against your treasured ones. They say, come, let us wipe them out as a nation. Let them let the name of Israel be remembered no more. For they conspire with one accord against you. They make a covenant. The tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites, Gebel and Ammon and Amalek, Philistia and the inhabitants of Tyre, Asher also has joined them. They are the strong arm of the children of Lot. Do to them as you did to Midian, as to Sisera and Jabin at the river Kishon. They were destroyed at Endor, who became dung for the ground. Make their nobles like Oreb and Zeb. And all their princes like Zeban Zalmunna, who said, let us take possession for ourselves of the pastors of God. In other words, all these evil kings wanted to take God's people's land. They wanted to take what God had given to people. Oh, my God, make them like whirling dust, like chaff before the wind. As fire consumes the forest. As the flame sets the mountains ablaze, so may you pursue them with your tempest and terrify them with your hurricane. Fill their faces with shame that they may seek your name, O Lord. Let them be put to shame and dismayed forever. Let them perish in disgrace that they may know that you alone, whose name is the Lord of the Most High over all the earth. Then he goes into Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord. My soul longs, yes, it faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise, Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. 
For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. And so as we listen to God's word, and we think about our brothers and sisters out in California, even our brothers and sisters in Iraq or Iran, Middle East, China, North Korea, we need to remember to pray and ask God, the one true living God, to strengthen our brothers, to protect them, and to use them to be a living testimony of the power of the Almighty God. And in our own lives, I don't know, maybe you're dealing with struggles. Maybe you've got things going on in your own life that you feel like are insurmountable. You feel like people, you know, Taylor, If when I read in Psalm 83, it talked about people who lay crafty plans mm-hmm. against us. Have you ever had people like that in your life? I have people that try because you love God, mm. they they don't like you, and they lay plans to try to make you look bad, mm. to try to hurt you. Um, they say, "Let us wipe them out. Let us let us make them not even have any influence here." But the one true living God we serve is the King of the Universe. He oversees everything. And we never have to fear. We don't have to fear the buyers. We don't have to fear a fire. We don't have to fear a hurricane. We don't have to fear anything. We are his kids. We are his children. And he calls us to boldly proclaim that we are his and that we believe in him. And this week at SWAT, we're getting into Hebrews 10, 26 which is the fourth warning in the book of Hebrews, and it's about apostasy. Mm. Most people, when they think of apostasy, they think about somebody who was in, who left. That is one form of it, but you know what it really means? It means somebody who has received the full revelation of truth and rejected it. Mm. And there's a lot of people in our country who have received a lot of the truth and they've thumbed their noses up at God. And sometimes we feel bad about that. We feel sheepish around people like that. They make us feel like we're less than citizens, mm-hmm. like we're we're weird, like we're strange. And I think what's happening right now is there is a movement of God saying, my people are going to rise up, my true people, mm-hmm. the remnant people, and all the people that are playing games, all the people that are posers, all the people that are in name only followers of Jesus, those people are going to be surfaced out fairly quickly. And it does make me think of um, the the parable that you know Jesus tells of the hair, I mean the tear and the uh, wheat, mm. and he says, "No, let them grow up because as they grow up, mm-hmm. you're going to see who's real and who's not." And I think that's what's happening because. Uh, you know, we shared this last week. We talked about over in Iraq or Iran. I can't remember which one, but one of those places that to be a member of the the body of Christ, you had to be willing to say sign a document saying I'm willing for all my property to be seized and my life to be forfeit. And I just think what would happen if that was required here for people to be part of a faith community in Christ? How many people would actually sign that document? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree. You know, you were talking about, um, you know, the separation um, of the wheat um, and the tares. And the, the way that's done is through what we talked about last week, you know, usually uh, through suffering and that those who endure and really believe in are truly gods are willing to uh, endure suffering and ridicule um, and hardships for um, for his name. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's usually how you see uh, those who aren't for real fall away. So, you know, when you were talking about that, that just had me thinking, you know, hey, be ready for the suffering that's coming. Be ready for uh, the persecution and, you know, pray that God uh, upholds you through through that. Well, yeah, because I, I think it is coming. Yeah. And I think I don't think we uh, I, I don't I just I think a lot of believers uh, or people that profess to be believers uh, think that uh, remember we talked about the suffering and how uh, that the Chinese people embrace it. That's part of their mm-hmm. culture and yeah. their value system is to embrace the suffering, not because they make bad choices, mm-hmm. but to embrace the suffering that comes what? Because they love Jesus. I don't know many people in this country that have really suffered because they love Jesus. Most people suffer because they make bad choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I think that too, a lot of us are, you know, unwilling to suffer you know small inconveniences or kind of ridicule or like look being looked at funny you know by um proclaiming the name of jesus and we need to get used to feeling that discomfort because you know if you're if um you're faithful in the little things will be faithful in the big things you know it's hard to think oh you know what you know when the day of suffering comes when you know whoever comes to kill us for being christians i'm gonna stand but if you can't stand in your everyday walk you know yeah well i've said this before if you can't live for jesus how are you going to die for him? Mm-hmm. you know so anyway uh we will be back with more after the news uh we will be talking about hebrews uh we'll be doing a overview just to remind you since it's been a long time uh over the summer that we haven't talked about that um so make sure you stick with us because that's where we'll be, we will be going next uh, we would like to tell you that you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That's at SWAT Radio Talk. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. We'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia, listening at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and everyone listening locally at 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folston, Georgia. Stay tuned. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. But right now, oh right now. It's easy to say when there's nothing to bring me down. But what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? I know you're 
Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is Mercy Me with Even If. Um, if you are just joining us, we took the first two segments to talk a little bit about um, what was going on in the news this past weekend and particularly focusing on um, John MacArthur and some of the stuff going on in L.A., uh, well, in California as a whole as well. So if you missed that, you can um, go back and listen to the podcast. Um, and you can search that anywhere that we uh, are that you get your podcasts, or you can download the SWAT app in the App Store and listen there. Uh, but now we are going to be moving into a rundown of Hebrews, going over what uh, we've gone through so far since we've had a break of a few months over the summer in which we were going over letters to the church. We're going to be getting back into Hebrews, and so we're going to give you a, a rundown just to refresh your memory. Yeah, well, we're, we we are. We're going to try to breeze through just a review of Hebrews this week, today and tomorrow. And um, so we'll just kind of giving broad brush uh, reviews of chapter 1 all the way through chapter 10, verse 25. But first I want to set some context for you because context is really important when you're looking at scriptures. So many people go into God's word and they just try to, pull it out Mm -hmm. particular verses that they like or that sound good to them or that may be instructive to them, but they take it out of context and don't understand it. And it's easy to misinterpret things that way. And that happens a lot, especially with this book. One of the most important things about the book of Hebrews is understanding there's three audiences in mind when the writer's writing this, this, we call it a book, but it's really a letter that was written to a group of the faith community that lived in and around Rome, uh, most commentators believe. And the writer is presenting Jesus as supreme over and against the Old Testament religious system, which was the Jewish system of sacrifice and temple worship. And that was the system God had put in place for people to demonstrate faith and go do what God asked them to do. They weren't saved by the sacrifices. They were saved by God's grace through the faith of going and doing what he had asked them to do. Same way we're saved in Jesus. We're not saved by what we do. Mm -hmm. We're saved by his grace through the faith of trusting in Jesus. But, um, you know, true faith in Christ doesn't come from demands or an ability to decide. Um, and, And so... People are going to, like we were talking earlier before the break, if you're his follower, you're going to endure persecution. And these people were being persecuted by Romans. They were being persecuted by the Jewish people at the time because people were upset. They left that sacrificial system. And so the writer writes this letter to help them understand uh, that they need to put confidence in the new covenant that he lays out here, the new covenant, which is that Jesus is the priest the only priest they'll ever need. He is the sacrifice, the only sacrifice they ever need, and he's supreme over everything. He's better than angels, better than Moses, better than Joshua, better than Aaron, better than the old covenant system. He's better than the sacrifices. He's better than the uh, any. I mean, he's better than anything, and that's who he's writing to. I mean, what he's writing about, and he's writing to these three audiences. First audience is Jewish believers and followers of jesus christ these people are all in they had been persecuted and shunned from their community 
and they were struggling though with wanting to bring back some of the Jewish ritualism and temple worship because they were being pressured by Jewish believers to to come back and so they were doing that but they were true believers they were all in and and so that's the first group the second group is a a group of Jewish people who believe the facts about Jesus but only in their head it didn't really impact their life or their heart and so true belief always produces change Anytime you believe something, it impacts your actions. Mm -hmm. So you can say you believe something, and we see this a lot in politicians, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, People say they believe something, but we see by what they do, they don't really believe it. And uh, what we really believe affects what we do. So that second group is a group of people who believe the facts, but only in their head. And then the third group was the Jewish people who were unbelieving, not convinced that he was Messiah, and even in their head. So those are the three groups. And he starts off in chapter 1 by saying that Jesus is the exact imprint of the invisible God. In other words, if you want to see what God looks like in the flesh, look at Jesus' life. And that's the example. And He quotes several Old Testament passages, but the bottom line is he's laying out Jesus is supreme to angels. He carries that over even into chapter 2 because angels were very important in Jewish worship. Over 260 times they're mentioned in Scripture. They were always emissaries from God. God sent them on special missions. They they did things like kill 180,000 troops in the Old Testament. One angel wiped them out, so they were very powerful. But the Jewish people believed in angels. Most people today don't believe in angels. Yeah. I mean, most people out there aren't out there really thinking a lot about the reality of angels, but the Jewish people did. And so he lays out in chapter 1 and even 2 about how God's greater than angels. But the other thing about uh, chapter 2 was it's the first of five warnings. There's five warnings in the book of Hebrews. And the first one is simply this. He says, Don't neglect. In other words, he says, pay close attention to what you've heard. You're going to drift far. So he he warns them to guard against neglecting the message, drifting from the message, and actually becoming hardened to it. They only believe in their head, and when temptation, tribulation, or persecution comes, they drift away from it. And so when they drift, he's warning. This is the first of five warnings to that second group and third group primarily. And so uh, that's what he's getting into in chapter 2, talking about what we gain from Jesus' humanity and suffering, that he defeated Satan's power over us, and he displayed God's ministry through us. And that's really the essence of chapter 2. And I think we got a call, right? Yeah, I think we have Mark from uh, Virginia. Hey, Mark, welcome to SWAT Radio. Oh, Mark? Hey, hey, Mark, can you hear us? Hello? Hey, Mark, can you hear us? Hello? Yeah. Okay, hey, can you cut this, yeah. the music down? I think you, are you getting some music bleed over there? Yeah, yeah, it's gone now. All right, good. How we doing, Mr. Doug? Yeah, hey, how are you doing, Mark? Doing all right. Um... 
Yeah, my, my comment was uh, um, sometimes I hear on the radio with, with all this, you know, chaos and stuff that somebody was saying that as Christians, they, they should vote. They should go vote more. And I had, like, I had a family member, and I was telling him, I said, man, to be honest, man, you, you really shouldn't even believe in all the politics and stuff like that because God, he doesn't really believe in democracy. He believes in uh monocracy um with, with that and one time it's not not on your not on y'all show but someone else was trying to promote as christians we should go vote and this and that but i'm like well i i, I never got to I, I never got a chance to say anything but i said man for real for you not i said there's a reason why christians ain't vote because they you're not really supposed to you're just supposed to be neutral and then just preach about the truth and preach about the Bible, because at the end of the day, it's really not going to change. It's just new faces and new trappings that we deal with now. It's like in the Bible, it says as a Christian, you're going to be, you know, persecuted. You just have to endure it and try to spread the truth and open, you know, people's heart more. But and then my cousin said, he said, so now you, you telling you telling me that my mom is is not a Christian because she's going to go vote? I said, man. I said, I'm not really saying that, but I said, there's no really wiggling around it. Uh, I, I mean, I'm just I'm just not going to vote. I haven't voted in the past two years because of the military, but now with this whole COVID thing, I mean, I don't really see a point. I've just been, you know, reading the Bible more and more. So maybe that's, you know, something more of when you got these false teachings that you try to promote Christians as, yeah, we should go vote more, and you know, but then they're going right back into to a loop. Well, here's the thing, uh, Mark. One, we li- we live in a country where we have an ability um, and a privilege to be able to vote. Uh, and by voting, all we're voting for is we're saying we want somebody in there, whether it's a, a, a and most of the times now, we're not even voting for a person as much as a platform they stand for or what they're saying. Now, you know, anybody, there are no perfect human beings, right? Nobody would argue that nobody's perfect. But you make a choice if you if you do vote. But I agree with you. Our hope is not in who gets elected governor, who gets elected mayor, who gets elected president, who gets elected as Congress. Our hope is not in those people. Our hope is in Jesus, but he's placed you and me in a country very unique to most countries. Most countries have no voice in their government at all. And so we have an ability to influence. Now, people might disregard your vote and say, well, you're only one vote. But no, one vote adds up to two votes, adds up to three as more people vote. And so if believers vote for for the platform that is the most honoring to God, I think that's a good thing, Mark. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. But I, I'm not looking at that platform as my savior. I'm not looking at that person who's leading, whether it's a state level, local level, or national level. And so I think we have a responsibility as good citizens of our country to vote. Uh, but I don't think we should look to those votes as being the things that are going to bring us happiness. Does that make sense? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, we, we got 30 uh, seconds, to, Mark. Uh, it, oh, 30 yeah, seconds. yeah, we got to go to break. Saying, uh, 
they were saying everything that has a software can be hacked. Hmm. Regardless yeah. of the man is going to hack into into favoritism. And then one more thing, they was talking about Bill Gates trying to push the vaccine. Hmm. Yeah, we got to go to break. We appreciate your call. Um, okay. Make sure you listen, though, because we're going to touch on some of the, what you talked about when we come back uh, from break. Uh, we will be right back. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Letters by David Crowder. Uh, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Uh, we just had a caller uh, right before the break who I wanted to um, uh, respond to something that he said, which was that, um, you know, the Bible that God is for monarchs um, and not really for democracy, which is really interesting because that is really a discussion that dates back to uh, the 17th century. If you look at Thomas Hobbes versus John Locke, uh, in a way of thinking. And so um, J- uh, Thomas Hobbes thought that in when he wrote in Leviathan that uh, the monarchy was God's way of, uh, um, you know, his preferred mode of government. Uh, John Locke, which is who the founders 
ended up taking after had a much different view. Um, and his view, uh, in essence, is that uh, our monarch is Christ. And so since our monarch is Christ, that is who it, – it, it's a complicated uh, – not really, it just takes time to, to flesh it all out. But basically it was that we can uh, have a, a democracy, not really uh, – a republic, excuse me, um, because of that and that our allegiance needs to be to our Father in Heaven – rather or our king in heaven rather than um to a king here on earth but you know um so it was just interesting that he uh touched on something that has been such a long debate um but as far as my thought on you know if uh if god is for the monarch or not i think you got to look back at um what he says about monarchs and when uh the people of israel called out for a king uh he he didn't speak very Kindly of that, and he said that was a rejection of him as their king. Um, and I think that when the founders, when they created um, the country, they had the idea that we would be like Israel was supposed to be, and that God would be our king, and we wouldn't need a king because of that. So, well, in Hosea eight, um, there's a verse that says, "They made kings, but not through me. Mm. They set up princes, but I knew it not." I think. We do have a responsibility and a duty to vote as believers and to vote for leaders who promote Christian principles. Because we have a country where we have the freedom to vote. We don't live in Babylon where we have a king that's just set over us. Mm -hmm. We have an ability to cast a vote for somebody that will represent our government. Now, you may look at candidates for governor, mayor, whatever, and go, well, they're not a Christian. Uh, they, they don't profess to be a Christian, or maybe they do and you don't think they are. The issue boils down to what are the platforms and what have they stood for? Have they stood for these things, these Christian principles, or have they stood for things that go against God's values? Mm-hmm. And we've I've talked openly on the, here about this before. I think coming up in November for the general election, both Congress and presidential election and even city elections, whatever, it is very clear that there is one party that has a lot of uh, stand, a big stand for godly values, even though we may not agree with all the candidates on everything. They stand for the sanctity of human life. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they stand for people that will uh, represent that sanctity from human life. And I think uh, it's very clear that there's another party that doesn't. One party stands for the traditional uh, biblical values. One stands for worldly values as far as sexuality in the family. So I think those choices are fairly clear. And I, again, think we have a responsibility and a duty to vote and to vote for leaders who will represent those things. Um, and I also think Mark had a good point about, you know, not looking that as or looking at that as your salvation. Um, but I, I agree that voting is something that's important. And um, if you come to a place, though, where you can't put your name behind another candidate. And so, you know, like last uh I know you don't agree with this, but in the, the last election cycle, I wrote in Jesus Christ because I just wasn't comfortable with any of the Democrat or Republican candidates. So well, I, under, I, I understand that. Well, that and, I, I, and I understand why you did it, but listen, listen to what it says. When the righteous triumph, 
there is great glory. But when the wicked rise, people hide themselves. Hmm. Okay, so if, okay, let, let me jump to where we are now. Back in 2016, uh, the current president had no track record yeah. that you could really speak of. Mm-hmm. And so I ask you as somebody who did a write-in, just to go along with what Mark was saying, do you think the things that he has accomplished as a president as far as some laws or some things he's done, the appointments, do you think those are more representative of Christian values than the other platform? Oh, yeah, definitely. He, now, he, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Now. Yeah. So all that, all I'm saying is I could understand that back then, right? But now, now, when I look at it now, it's pretty clear the choice we have. Yeah. That there's a choice for biblical values on a platform and one for unbiblical values. Um, and so not perfect in either way. But I, I really, when you think about that, First uh, Samuel says this, talking about Saul. Mm-hmm. Behold the king you've chosen for whom you've asked. The Lord has set a king over you. If you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, and if both you and the king who reigns over you. I just think that when we think about who we are voting for, we also need to remember that as well as Proverbs 14, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to the people. And, and I think that if a party as a platform is saying, we value homosexuality, we value transgenderism, we value these as the right of people to do that, and we want to legislate protection for this. We don't want to allow people to speak out against this. Uh, we want to allow the taking of a baby's life before he ever has a chance to breathe the air of you know the earth. Mm-hmm. I think we have a, a moral duty and responsibility to vote for that party to be salt and light into our world now god ultimately decides who the ruler is he decides who's going to be there Mm -hmm. so if you vote what you believe is the right thing to vote as you pray about it that's between you and god but i do think we have a responsibility because of the country we live in to to exercise that privilege and right to vote otherwise you don't have a right to say one thing about anybody in elected office because you chose to not be a part of the process, even though you may discount your ability to influence it in any way. Yeah. Do, do you buy that? Think about I don't know. I'd have to think about that a little bit. Um, but I, I've heard that um, said a lot, and it makes a lot of sense, but I have to think about it. I'd have to think about it. <laughs> you got to chew on it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. I, you know, going back to Hebrews, remember the most important thing to remember as you in, look at the book of Hebrews and we're going to be talking about this this week, there's three people in the audience the writer's writing to. And remember, they read this letter straight through, beginning to end. They didn't just do a verse or a mm-hmm. chapter. So they're talking to people that were true believers all in but being persecuted, and they were wanting to go back and conflate and add the Jewish temple sacrifice back to Christ with him. There's a second group who's only intellectually bought in, and they're not in there. They haven't had a life change. There's not really that. I mean, they're they don't really 
have a heart knowledge of Jesus. They just know about him. And then there's a third group. And the, the overarching thing to the whole thing is Jesus is supreme to everything. And in chapter two, he lays out the first warning. We must pay closer attention to what we've heard. Otherwise, we'll drift away. The danger was, as you hear the message, you start drifting away from it because you may intellectually buy in or you may not buy in at all and you drift away and you become hardened to it. And that's the second warning in chapter three and the writer, and we'll get into this more tomorrow, but the writer gets into a, an example from Psalm 95. In fact, he quotes Psalm 95 and says, don't harden your heart three times in that chapter. He says, don't harden your heart. And it's a, it's a, Going back to the uh, Exodus, where the children of Israel constantly harden their hearts. It's one of the most painful stories to read in the Bible because God constantly gives them provision Mm. in 10 miracles in Egypt. Mm -hmm. And then they constantly are saying, we want to go back to Egypt. He's trying to get them out of there, and they keep wanting to go back there. And so when we come back tomorrow, we'll pick it up in chapter 3 and try to give more of a review but just remember christ is supreme three groups of people that he's writing to all right so make sure that you tune in tomorrow for the program and we will continue um our overview of hebrews as we get ready to get back into um going through hebrews after being off for this summer uh you have been listening to swat radio if you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. You can also download the SWAT app in the App Store, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at SWAT Radio Talk. That's at SWAT Radio Talk. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual